0: Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary, I'm Father Reed. This week we are going to look at Easter week in the Daily Office Lectionary. Where have we been? Well, we have had five weeks of Sundays in Lent, preparing for Holy Week. So last week we had, and I hope you all had, a fabulous Holy Week. Now Holy Week started with Palm Sunday then went to Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, where Jesus dies, Holy Saturday, where we celebrate Jesus' burial. Uh, he dies, he is dead, he is in the ground. Now actually, he was buried on Friday after they took him down at three o'clock. We celebrate his the fact that he's not coming back. But lo and behold, on Easter week, Sunday, we are celebrating his resurrection. More about that in just a minute. We have seven Sundays of Easter and seven weeks culminating in Pentecost Sunday on the 50th day, Because Penta 50, and we're gonna celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two. So we had five weeks prior to Palm Sunday, Holy Week, Palm Sunday to Holy Saturday, and Easter week, which we're going to talk about today, Easter Day, and then Monday through Saturday, and the next week is the week of Second Easter, and there will be seven total, and then we will celebrate Pentecost. Now, in our readings today, I'm going to focus, obviously, on the resurrection of Christ on Easter Day, and if you look at your post in our program— you'll notice the Easter Day scriptures are listed for you. So you'll want to look at those on Easter Day, Easter Sunday, and read those and prayerfully consider those. This is from Exodus, Isaiah, John, Luke, and John. So it's quite a few scriptures for those days. Our scriptures for this week from the Old Testament are Exodus 12, which focuses on the Passover, Exodus 13, and the beginning of 14. Our scriptures from the New Testament, from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11, which is about Jesus' resurrection. And then we will look at 2 Corinthians. So we will spend our time in 1 Corinthians 15, which is often used for resurrection texts. And then finally, our gospel readings are at the end of the books of Mark, which is the resurrection of Christ, chapter 16. The book of Matthew, the resurrection of Christ, which is chapter 28. And Luke 24, which is the resurrection uh, in Luke uh, in the 24th chapter. So obviously we're dealing with the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Now remember, he dies on Good Friday afternoon. A spear is thrust into his side. Water and blood come out. He is definitely dead. He's wrapped in linen. He's put in a new tomb. Joseph of Arimathea carries that out. Puts him in a new tomb. And he is buried. When the ladies go and prepare his body, they are going to do that on early Sunday morning. And they find out that he's not there. Okay. That's concerning the resurrection that we all celebrate on Easter Day. And of course, I wish all of you a very, very, very happy Easter Day and a wonderful Easter week. And you'll notice the mood is going to change dramatically from our preparation in Lent, our repentance, our uh, preparation before the Lord, before His death, uh, the self-examination, fasting, prayerful consideration of our relationship with Christ, and, of course, Holy Week, we we're celebrating the fact that he is going to unjustly die for us. But then, in the resurrection and the Easter weeks following, seven and all, it's joyful, celebratory, uh, wonderful, uh, quite buoyant, if you will. Christ has destroyed death and the grave. And we'll see that in First Corinthians 15, by the way. Okay, let's start in Exodus chapter 12. Let's look at the Exodus 12 and 13, please. Now, we have the plague of the firstborn in Exodus 11, where Pharaoh, after 10 plagues, finally, finally lets the people go. And they celebrate Passover. Now, remember, Passover is what Jesus celebrated on Monday, Thursday. All right? He was celebrating the Passover. And all the Jews from all the surrounding areas came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. So there were thousands and thousands of people there at that time. And... They were to take some of the blood, this is chapter 12, verse 7, take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. And what they were going to do, there's a special diet that they had to follow and a special way that they had to cook the food. And he said the blood, in verse 13, chapter 12, will be a sign for you in the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. What he was going to do is send the avenging angel who was going to kill the firstborn. And the blood on the doorposts of the Lamb, remember the blood of the Lamb Jesus, it, uh, foreshadows, uh, is going to save them. So when that blood, when they see that blood, that is going to spare them. Same thing with the blood of Christ in our lives. The blood of Christ on us saves us. My good works do not save me. They don't save you either. You, you and I need the blood of Christ. And when that angel of death comes, we are spared. So this is really, really, really good news. He says, no destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Chapter 12, verse 13 in Exodus. Okay. Verse 23, when the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. So please enjoy reading chapter 12 of Exodus. It's a very important chapter in the Bible. Very important chapter. And we also now see the Exodus beginning in verse 31. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you've requested. Take your flocks and herds as as you have said and go. And also bless me. So they got up and they began what we call the Exodus. And they left the land of Goshen. They left Egypt. Finally, finally, Pharaoh let them go. And the length of time, verse 40, this is interesting. The length of time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. Chapter 13, we have the consecration of the firstborn. The Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand, verse 9 of chapter 13. Verse 17 of chapter 13. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. And why did he do that? He sent a pillar of cloud, verse 21, and a pillar of fire. So the pillar of cloud led them during the day, pillar of fire by night. They were to follow the Lord. They were not to follow their own path. They were not to follow their own way out. They had to follow him. So he manifested himself with the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. So they followed the Lord out of the land of, uh, out of, the land of Egypt. Finally, chapter 14, verse 4, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. Uh-oh, Pharaoh's going to come after them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his armies, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Well, we find out later that they follow him through the Red Sea, and the waters then close on the Egyptians and the Pharaoh that followed him, and they are all destroyed. And that's what chapter 14 is about, if you wanted to go ahead and read that. But we will look at that next week when we look at Second Easter. All right, let's save that for next week. But in chapter 12 and 13, at the beginning of 14, we have the Passover and the Passover restrictions and the plague of the firstborn in chapter 11 and uh, the wonderful work that God is doing in saving the people. In 1 Corinthians 15, in those first several verses, I'll let you read that for yourself, you see that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, verse 3, and that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and he appeared to people. Now, Jesus, when he was resurrected from the dead, did not just Go up into heaven without seeing anybody. He appeared. This is where 1 Corinthians 15 and those opening verses are so important. In fact, he appeared to more than 500 at the same time. Many are still living. Some have died. He even appeared to. He even appeared to Paul. And so he recounts that and shares with him. Now, did he go and speak to Caesar? No. Did he go and speak to the Pharisees? No. Did he go and speak to the Sanhedrin? No. Did he go back and speak to Pilate? No, not that we know of. He went back to his people, showed them himself. How long was he there? 40 days. Now, remember, we celebrate Pentecost on the 50th day. On the 40th day, we celebrate the Ascension. Now, that's going to take place in this seven-week period. It's actually, we celebrate Ascension on a Thursday. All right? So, Look through and read through 1 Corinthians. It's a beautiful uh, series of texts. It talks about the resurrection of the dead. And it says in verse 14, if Christ has not been raised, if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is useless and so is your faith. I am completely wasting my time right now. This program is a waste of time if Jesus is not raised from the dead. My preaching is a waste. This teaching is a waste. Your faith is a waste. My faith is a waste. Your reading of the scriptures is a waste. So this is a seminal moment in Christianity. Christ has to be alive today. If he's not alive, Christianity doesn't make any sense because Christianity revolves around this person. Verse 17 of chapter 15. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. We are still lost. We are still, there's no blood over us. There's no protection. There's no righteousness. There's no justification by faith. You can repent, but it won't do you a whole lot of good. Christ being raised from the dead is very, very important. He says in verse 22, For in Adam all die, in Christ all will be made alive. Now, you and I are born in Adam. That's our natural state. But if we stay in Adam, we will perish We need to be in Christ. This is why Jesus said to Nicodemus in chapter 3 of John, you must be born again. You must be born from above. It needs to be a supernatural uh, fact in your life. All right, so later on in, so he's talking about the resurrection of the dead and the importance of Jesus' resurrection in chapter 15. In the end of 15, he's going to talk about the resurrected body. It's quite a little bit complicated, to be honest. But enjoy the reading and, and prayerfully consider it. As I've said in each of our programs, if you have a study Bible or access to a commentary, that would be helpful, helpful in terms of deciphering some of this information. But the plain reading of 1 Corinthians will answer the most important questions that you and I have about the resurrection of Christ. Let's look at the end of 1 Corinthians 15. Death has been swallowed up in victory, verse 45, 55. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Verse 56, the sting of death is sin, that's for sure, and the power of sin is the law. Now, the law tells us what's right and wrong, and that's why the law is powerful in terms of sin, because the law tells us the wrong action and the right action, and when we break the law, we sin against God. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus is a big deal. Because we don't have victory over sin because we cannot keep the law. We can't keep the law. So somebody has to die in order that we can keep the law. And Christ kept the law perfectly, died in our place, a substitute and a sacrifice. And because of that, we have victory. Because of his resurrection from the dead. Watch this. Therefore, my brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Now, based on Christ's resurrection for the dead and our relationship with Christ as a result of our faith in him and repentance of our sins, we now are to stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now we are to give ourselves fully to the Lord. He has given himself fully to us. He has died on the cross for us. He has borne our sins. We put our faith and trust in him, and now we live for him. 2 Corinthians, the last scripture in your post is 2 Corinthians 4, 16. I've read this to you several times over the last several weeks to five ten. Fabulous, fabulous. Our light, verse 17 of chapter four, and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Fix your eyes on what is not on what is seen but what is unseen, for what is seen is te- temporary, what is unseen is eternal. What is important in this life is what you don't see, not what you see. You may not know 2 Corinthians 5:10, which is our last verse of the week in this section. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Every single person, so that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We have to give an account of our lives, brothers and sisters. You and I want to be prepared. One of the reasons that the reading of the daily lectionary is so important is you need to stay in touch with the scriptures. You need to, um, you and I need to be reflective of them. We need to be prayerful. We need to listen to them. So. Much of this program is just encouraging us to read the text on a daily basis. We put the scriptures up there for you, and we hope that you'll take advantage of that. Let's begin in John, John 1, 1 to 18. Now, I've talked to you about this before. This is the prologue, the first 18 verses, all right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Beautiful and that just sets the tone for the rest of John. Now let's go to John 20, 19 to 23. This is for Easter day in your readings. John chapter 20, 19 to 23. And this is when he rece- when he appears to the disciples, the doors are locked and Jesus stands among them and says, peace be with you. So he's not a phantom, this is not a myth, this is not something they made up, this is a real person. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So he's speaking. He's present. Later on in chapter 21, if you want to read ahead, he's going to actually eat some fish with them. So he's a real person. He really is alive. He really is not dead. Mark chapter 16. So chapter 20 is about the resurrection of Christ in John. Mark chapter 16 gives us the picture of when the Sabbath was over. Mary Magdalene married the mother of James. Salome bought spices so they may not go and anoint Jesus' body. So remember I said that they were going to do that. They put his body in the grave on Friday after, late Friday afternoon. He is there on um, Saturday, all day Saturday. They go early in the morning, the first day of the week, just after sunrise. They went to the tomb. Who's going to roll the stone away? So there's a big stone that they put up there, and it was too heavy for them. They also posted a Roman guard so that, that his tomb was actually being guarded by Romans because they were afraid someone might take the body. When they got there, the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And they entered the tomb, and in each of these accounts that you'll read in Matthew and Mark and in Luke, There will either be one or two angels there. They were looking for Jesus. He is not here. He has risen. See the place where they laid him. So you you could have gone to the place where Jesus was. His linen was there. He was not there anymore. The angels were there. They had rolled away the stone. The Roman guards in some way, form, or fashion had been taken care of. And Jesus had walked out of that tomb literally walked out. Mark 16, 9 to 20. And what you have at the end of Mark 16 and Matthew 28 is Jesus giving uh, his final words to us about all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me and Matthew. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the end of Matthew uh, 28. That'll be on Thursday. And on Tuesday you are looking at Mark 16. Go into all the world, verse 15 of Mark 16. Preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not will be condemned. And please continue reading. So these last chapters, Mark 16, Matthew 28, Luke 24, John 20 and 21, are excellent reading about the resurrection of Christ. You'll notice that two long chapters previous to these chapters are given to Jesus' final days and his crucifixion and his death. Shorter chapters to his resurrection. But no doubt that the man was resurrected from the dead. Luke 24, 1 through 12. So here's Luke's account of the resurrection. And then the road to Emmaus, which is not in Matthew, Mark, and John. On the road to Emmaus, they were talking to each other. And beginning, verse 27, with Moses and the prophets, Jesus explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So they didn't even know that it was Jesus that that was present with him. but he was walking, explaining, and then they said, stay with us, it's nearly evening, the day is almost over, so they went and stayed with him, and he was at table, he took the bread, broke it, began to give it to them, their eyes were open, they recognized him, and he disappeared in their sight. Can you imagine that conversation? Jesus was explaining to them from Moses and the prophets, beginning with Moses and the prophets, and explaining all the scriptures regarding himself and all the clues that God had left in the Old Testament. And when they broke bread together, when he did that action, they could see what was going on. There was revelation. Their eyes were opened, as it were. And um, Jesus, at the end of that chapter, in chapter 24, appears to them, and uh, opens their minds so they can understand the scriptures in verse 45. So Easter day is a Easter day, Easter week I should say, scriptures, Easter day of course is an extraordinary day and as I said earlier, I hope and pray that you have a wonderful day with your family, friends. It's celebratory, it's wonderful, it's uh, exciting and you and I are very grateful for Christ's death and resurrection from the dead, Exodus 12, Exodus 13, the great 1 Corinthians 15, talking about resurrection and the importance of it, and then finally the gospel readings regarding his resurrection. Enjoy the week. Finally, we have gotten to the day where we get to rejoice and are glad at Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection from the dead. He's overcome sin for all of us. May God bless you abundantly. Next week, we'll look at week of Easter 2.